Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox and I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I'd like to welcome you to my January 2018 podcast series of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. But first, a word about this month's sponsor, Conversant. As the leading global provider of ethics and compliance cloud software, Conversant connects ethics to business performance by weaving ethics and values into everyday operations in over 600 of the world's largest companies. Its ethics cloud platform provides a suite of applications, Conversant Insight, Conversant's Helpline, Conversant Campaigns, Conversant Disclosures, and Conversant Third Parties that gives executives insight required to make proactive, informed decisions about their company's ethical health. Conversant's customers include Microsoft, Tesla, Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, Campanini, and Under Armour, who care deeply about driving ethics into the center of their organizations. Check out more at conversant.com. If you have been following me over the past year, you know that I have gone on a one-year exploration of various components of a best practices compliance program. However, during this exploration, there were two very important documents released by the Department of Justice relating to a best practices compliance program. In February 2017, there was the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs document, and in November 2017, there was the announcement of the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy. Therefore, in this month of January, I'm going to lay out for you what should go into your best practices compliance program based upon the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program and these two documents. Over the next 31 days, I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize a compliance program using the most recent DOJ resources. I hope you will join me for the full 31 days as we engage in an exploration to a more effective compliance program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 24, CCO Authority and Independence. The role of the Chief Compliance Officer has steadily grown in stature and prestige over the years. In the 2012 FCPA guidance, under the hallmark uh, Oversight, Autonomy, and Resources, it laid out what the Department of Justice and SEC's expectation was regarding the CCO position and said they would consider whether the company had devoted adequate staffing and resources to the compliance program given the size, structure, and risk profile of the business. This hallmark was significantly expanded in both the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs document released in February 2017 and the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy uh, issued in November 2017. Under prong three, autonomy and resources from the evaluation, it asks, one, stature. How has the company function compared other strategic functions in the company in terms of stature, compensation levels, rank, title, reporting line resources, and access to key decision makers? What has been the turnover rate for compliance and the relevant control function personnel? What role has the company played in, excuse me, what role has compliance played in the company's strategic and operational decisions. And under the prong of autonomy, it's read, the questions read, 
Have the compliance and relevant control functions had direct reporting lines to anyone on the board of directors? How often do they meet with the board of directors? Are some members of senior management present for these meetings? Who reviewed the performance of the compliance function and what has been the review process? Who has determined compensation? Who has determined compensation, bonus raise, hiring, and termination of compliance officers? Do the compliance and relevant control personnel in the field have reporting lines to headquarters? If not, how has the company ensured their independence? In the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy, the DOJ laid out the following additional factors around CCO authority. Number one, the quality and experience of the personnel involved in compliance, such that they can understand and identify the transactions and activities that pose a potential risk. Number two, the authority and independence of compliance function and the availability of the compliance expertise to the board. Number three, the compensation and promotion of personnel involved in compliance in view of their role, responsibilities, and other appropriate factors. And number four, the reporting structure of any compliance personnel employed or contracted by the company. Clearly, the DOJ is articulating that it expects true compliance professionals who have understood the way compliance interacts with and supports the business. The days of the law school-trained CCO who cannot read a simple spreadsheet are consigned to the dustbin of noncompliant history. But more than simply compliance professionalism, companies must compensate and promote compliance professionals within their organization. Simply burying someone in the compliance function of a law department because they cannot cut it will no longer suffice. There is a new requirement in the FCPA corporate enforcement policy on independence. The DOJ has never taken a position on whether the general counsel can also be the CCO. However, this new new language would seem to signal the death knell for the dual general counsel CCO role. It may also signal the larger issue that the CCO should have a separate reporting line to the board apart from through the general counsel. While the DOJ stated position that it does not concern itself with whether the CCO reports to the GC or reports independently, but is more concerned about whether the CCO has a voice to go to the CEO or boards directly without going through the GC first. Even if the answer were yes, the DOJ would want to know if the CCO has ever exercised that right. Yet the evaluation comes as close to any time previously in articulating a DOJ policy that the CCO should be independent of the GC's office. Therefore, if your CCO reports up through the GC, you must have a demonstrable evidence of both CCO independence and actual line-of-sight authority to the board. Mike Volkoff has called this change. The new language includes the addition of authority of the compliance function and the reporting relationship of the compliance function to the board of directors. The term authority refers to or reinforces, rather, the overall trend of maintaining an empowered CCO and corporate governance structures. Additionally, the CCO's access to the board and regular reporting to the board is emphasized with new language and reflects increasing concern over the importance of regular reporting by the CCO up to the board. Here are some of the questions you you should consider in evaluating this prompt. First and foremost, is the CCO part of your senior management team or the C-suite? Is the CCO part of regular meetings of this senior team, the executive leadership team, senior management team? Who can terminate the CCO? Is it the CEO, the audit committee of the board, or does CCO termination require the approval of the entire board? Most importantly, could a person under investigation or even scrutiny by the CCO fire that CCO? The answer is yes, the CCO clearly does not have requisite independence. Additional questions to consider are who can override a decision by the CCO within an organization and who is making the decisions around salary and compensation for the CCO? Is it the CEO? 
Is it the GC? Is it the audit committee of the board? Is, is it some other person or group? Once again, for the compliance professional, the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy makes clear the importance of a best practices compliance program even more critical. Clearly, the DOJ is focusing more on the role, expertise, and how the compliance function is treated within an organization. Pay your CCO considerably less than your general counsel. You may now better, <coughs> you may now better be able to justify that discrepancy. Legal department's budgets of three-quarters of a million and a compliance department budget of 500000 may be starting you behind the eight ball if you have to go in front of the DOJ through a, an enforcement action. The evaluation of corporate compliance programs and the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy build upon the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program and demonstrate the continued evolution in the thinking of the DOJ around the CCO position and the compliance function. Their articulated inquiries can only strengthen the CCO position specifically and the compliance profession more generally. The more the DOJ talks about the independence of, coupled with the resources made available to and the authority concomitant with the CCO position, the more corporations will see it as a directly in their interest to provide the resources, authorities, and gravitas to the compliance profession in their organizations. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, how can you show that compliance really has a seat at the senior executive table? Number two, what are the professional qualifications of your CCO? If you have a joint GC and CCO role uh, in, embodied in one person, what can you show in the general counsel to demonstrate any specific expertise in the compliance room? And three, does your CCO have true independence to the board of directors? This is Tom Fox. I hope you have enjoyed day 24 of 31 days to a more effective compliance program, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 25 where I take up the topic of the compliance function in an organization. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program, sponsored by Conversant. I hope you will join me tomorrow, and indeed for the entire 31 days in January, while I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize your compliance program using the most recent resources the Department of Justice has communicated to us, the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, and the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.